show us grace so that we may be saved. But it doesn't end there. The purpose of His grace to us is for us to grow in holiness, to be set apart, to be different from the world. So we'll look at that first. The second thing I want to see is how we We have the doctrine or teaching, all right? That's what that word means. We have a doctrine, and then we have the practice. So the practice of that doctrine. How do we live that out? So often the problem with the preacher is that the preacher gives the teaching without the practice. How do I live it? How do I do that? I want us to look at not only the doctrine, but the practice. And that practice revolves around obtaining sexual immorality. Sexual purity especially expresses our belonging to God. Sexual purity especially Thank you. 
of those in here today, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you. And He is at work. And He's working in such a way as to will, to exercise His will, and working in such a way to move you toward holiness more and more and more. Salvation is fully complete when we are with Him in His presence forever and ever and ever. Where there's no more sin, there's no more death, there's no more sorrow, there's no more pain. That day's coming. All right? Hallelujah, that day is coming. So I want you to see where we are in the spectrum of salvation. It's becoming more and more like Jesus. That's a, a simpler way to put it. So I want to see this. This is the will of God, your sanctification. A couple of passages I want to read later on in the next letter to the Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 
saved, per se, by uh, the things we do. But there is a proving out of the salvation that we know in Jesus Christ through the things that we do in the way that we do. We'll see that further later on. Verse 14 there, it says, To this he called you through our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord
types of people. There are those with the Holy Spirit, and there are those without the Holy Spirit. Alright? Those without the Holy Spirit can and often do follow moral rules of law for the sake of self-advancement and self-fulfillment. But when the moral rules of a society changes, they change with the rules, the moral rules of that society, ultimately calling evil good and good evil. We live in such time. We live in such time. Where people can claim the name of Jesus Christ, but they are not going to follow what he said. I'm going to call what is not righteous, righteous. I'm going to call what is righteous. The person who claims to know Jesus Christ and calls evil good. cannot live a perpetual life of calling evil good and good evil and claim to know the only one who is king. Rick, how do you know what's good? You know what I'm about to do. Find it myself. It ain't gonna be good. Okay. I gotta have a standard. And the only standard we have as believers is the Word of God. It's, it's, it's not public perception. It's the Word of God. It's not. Let's take a poll to see what people think. I already know what people. There is no one right to know not There is a need for a pursuit of holiness. Those without the Holy Spirit change Those with the Holy Spirit submit to the Spirit. Even when moral laws in a society change, the person who has the Holy Spirit in them endures. And that ain't easy. All right? Y'all know that, right? Not easy. That's not something where you say, you know what? No, it's not easy because we still have the sin nature in us, too. We're still natural men and women. We still want people to like us. The problem is, is that that's all you want. Not easy. Have the Holy Spirit. 
walk through it. I mean, Paul uses imagery to speak of men. He uses the imagery of warfare. There's a war. I mean, y'all ever feel that war going on inside of you? This is what I want to do, but this is the right thing to do. You ever have that war? Is that just me? The Spirit of God dwells in us. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. And if you're a believer, listen to that. Let me read it again. This is the will of God. Your sanctification. You know, I have people come to me sometimes for counsel and just sit and just talk. I'm like, Lord, I just don't know what God's will is to me. That's right here. I do. I know. Let me tell you. Let me read it to you. Look what it says. This is the will of God for you. Your sanctification. For you to be more like Jesus and less like the world. For you to be more like Jesus and less like yourself. Here's the will of God for you. I don't know if I ought to take this job. Will it help in sanctification? Will it help make you more holy? Well, I don't know if it will help make me more holy, but it will help me pay the bills. <laughs> that will make you more holy if you can pay the bills. Good to work. He's even going to talk about that here in a moment. That's part of the instruction. So, you see here that we've been set apart as God's children. We're to live lives set apart from the ways of the world to the ways of Christ as children. See, I love that the Word of God doesn't just say, don't do that. It says, stay away from this.
pointing this out for a reason, and that is that sexual purity especially expresses our belonging. I want you to notice three or four things here. Say three or four, because I may leave one out. But first of all, I want you to notice there in verse 5 what he says in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He says that we're not to live uh, according to the passion of lust like the Gentiles. Don't live in the passion of lust like the Gentiles. That's kind of neat now, and let me tell you why that's neat. The church at Thessalonica was probably a majority Gentile, all right? More than likely because the region they were in, most of the members of that church were probably Gentile. By a majority, probably a large majority. You see, Paul thought in terms of this. There were two kinds of people. Here, I'm going to say that again. There were Jews, and then there are all the other folks. And they called them Gentiles, a word that speaks of like the nation, all the other nationals. There were Jews, and there were Gentiles. The Gentiles of Thessalonica, who had come to know Jesus Christ, more than likely practiced paganism, like all of the rest of Thessalonica. Part of paganism was a lot of different so they were predominantly and so Paul is saying don't act like what you used to act like don't act like pagans who have no rules no rhyme, no reason to how they live just whatever goes in this society don't live Let me clarify. Marriage between man and woman. 
circle of marriage within this God-ordained institution. The United States didn't ordain that. God Mankind didn't ordain that. God ordained that. Within that, how you control your body. Look 
I don't want anything controlling me. I don't want food controlling me. I know y'all look at me and say, you're a heavyweight. What do you mean? It's a metabolism problem, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, don't worry. I like making friends. Uh, but but we, we, we see here, I'm not going to be dominated by him. He's also putting up a contrast and saying, let me tell you something about food. It's going to be destroyed. It actually is destroyed once you eat it. Okay? Food is gone. Right? Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. We're not getting out of here. Okay? Not like stomach's going to be destroyed. Food's going to be destroyed. But then look what he does. He says this. The body is not meant for sexual immorality. This is not something we are to consume as Christians. This is not something that we are to indulge in as believers in Jesus Christ. We are not to be consumers of sexual immorality like the world around us. This body is not meant for that. God did not create us for that. But for the Lord. Jump down to the bottom real quick. Verse uh, 20. The last part of it. So glorify God in your body. Purpose of your body. Glorify Okay. Going back to The body is for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. Look what it says. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. He said earlier, you know, the stomach is going to be destroyed. Food's going to be destroyed. But God's going to raise those up who are in Christ. Every other sin a person commits is outside the 
sexually immoral person sins against his own body? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So we're to keep our body from sexual immorality. Great thing is, God is a redeemer. He redeems us. Okay. 
That could either rip the church apart or it can rip people. Individual faith can come apart as a result of sexual So he says here, abstain. First Corinthians, he said, flee, get away from it. Joseph is probably one of our greatest examples of that in the Old Testament. There he is in there, and Potiphar's wife wants to uh, take him to bed, and he's kind of like, no, and he takes off, and she grabs hold of his robe. He runs out of there, man. Gone. Nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor re- 
unrepentant sexual immorality demonstrates that you think so. Sexual immorality is not the unforgivable sin. go to heaven when you read the story. Look at verse 11. And something, something. God just absorbed that. And such were some of you. Will you please take that in? Will you let it sink in that that's what Justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. I mean, praise God for Jesus Christ. Praise God who calls us to Himself. Praise God for the one who gives us His Holy Spirit. Praise God that He saved me, not because I was good, but because He is. Because He loves us. And He loves you. He loves you. Yourself in these rough situations. Run away from sexual immorality and run into the loving arms of Jesus Christ. Pay the price that you walk and live in this world. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you, God. God, that the gospel is for anyone who would hear and believe, and God, you would save. Father, I pray that you would help us to lovingly.